To snooze and booze, that was uh, lost. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we're gonna try that. I think that would be pretty cool if that was our theme song, right? I, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like it just made sense. That was one of the first soundtracks I ever bought. By the way, I wanted to pick up right from the Nicholas Cage thing, but uh, but that just got <laughs> sidetracked me now because I want to talk about lost highway now. How amazing that movie! Welcome today. We are you are joined as always on snooze and booze with Steve and hello. And today we are drinking. I'm drinking uh, IPA Indian Pale India Pale Ale IPA Lagunitas. And loaf. I'm drinking Maker's Mark. Out of a handmade bourbon whiskey. Out of a blue ribbon cup. Huh? Uh, yeah, you don't need to say the irony in that. Not that you could anyway. But. I got the uh, I got that for free from uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. One of those trivia things. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They got, I got two of them actually. Um, I'm always down for that. Even though I'm not a fan of blue ribbon. Are you? Um, I mean, Pap- it's all right. Like, Pap- it, huh. Pap- oh, Papschmier, naked gun. I don't like Pap. I, I don't like. Uh, I don't like Blue Ribbon. I don't like Budweiser. I don't know why. No, Budweiser is horrible. I'm just not a fan. I just like this is. I don't know, man. Yeah, if you ever want to get someone uh, sway them away from drinking alcohol or beer, uh, give them Budweiser. <laughs> like that or anything light. Like I haven't come across like a light beer that's like okay. I know it's a light beer, but. I like I like Coors Light. I like Tecate Light. Those are okay. I mean, they're essentially water, and I have to drink a dozen of them to even feel a buzz. Mm. But uh, you know, for me, they're no, they don't taste bad. I don't know, just something. I don't know, like craft beers, like for example, obviously, Coors, you know, that's a good yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, IPAs are. I I think for me, taste wise, IPAs definitely have that um that 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 ting factor. Yeah, I know. like that that bitterness, that mm-hmm. you know, hoppy taste. Yeah, hoppy I taste. Love that's it. the best way. Love to it. it yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I do like pale ales. Ale, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the, of the like Shinerbach and whatnot. Oh, your Shinerbach. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember. Um, I had a Shinerbach. I went to. Uh, I think it's called Bats Bar. Bats Over Bar? in Austin, Texas. Oh, Austin, man. Uh, that's the city. Uh, if I ever had like a vacation home somewhere, that'd be one of the top of my list. Oh man, you know, love Austin. That place is awesome. Sixth Street. It's something. Spe- it's something different about that. Uh, cause all the, uh, trust me, the rest of Texas is not like that. <laughs> it's, no, it's like it's either the city or you're like in the field of nothing. I'm ta- exactly where I was at recently. I remember I had gotten offered. Um, well, okay, I went to. Uh, it's kind of maybe like thirty miles south of Corpus Christi, and I was working out there for a few months. Uh, actually, I think for a month, and it's a two G town, you know, or one G town. You know how they say it's a one horse town? Oh right. It's a one G town. Oh, like that seems relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm talking about in um you're going to other like other towns for work or whatever, but you have to drive there. And you're passing through towns that have population three oh two. Like shit like that. I'm not even kidding. Right. It's just all farms. It's all farms and neighbors of farms and you're going through fields and field you're you're driving for an hour and you have literally have not even come across across a, a stop sign or not a stoplight. Things like that. It's it's ridiculous, and um, I mean that's a, like I said, that's a bad mathematics because San Antonio is awesome, Austin is awesome, you know, Houston is awesome, badass, you know. But so that's a bad math. The the cities are are cool, are great. The major metropolitan areas, absolutely. Obviously. But the farm life ain't for me, man. Oh man, <laughs> it just it's just too much. It's just a field of nothing. It's yeah, just nothing like. I remember um, the first time I went, I went to uh, Salt Lake Barbecue. Mm-hmm. 
best barbecue I've ever had in my life, man. I've been a few places where every every little town I go to when I, you know I travel for work or whatever, I always try to find the uh, the take me to the mom and pop spot where it's the where it's the best local. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Locals know best. Like yes. always, ask the locals. Anywhere yeah. that you go, ask the locals. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Indiana, uh, well, actually Austin and uh, Ironworks, it's called. I still remember. Ironworks, I remember you told me yeah, about that. Iron, yeah, best barbecue I've ever had in my life. And there's some that's put it to a test. Indiana had the I forget what it's called. I think the 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 pig in the pork, pig and pork. I forget it was like it was something like that. But hmm. they had some Indiana barbecue is pretty that's good. Strange. Recently, Louisiana barbecue. There's a I'm not even kidding. It's like the size of this dining room. There's a shack and. They're they're usually out of food by Thursday because over the weekend the guy the the owner or uh, him and his and his sons will go hunt they'll get a boar or a pig whatever uh, they'll bring it back and they'll they'll sell that off for the week and it's in it's literally like ten minutes from the refinery so you're coming down and everybody's eating there and it's so good yeah it's one of those things and you're getting you know something game you're gamey essentially you're getting it and they're usually sold out usually sold out by Thursday. And it just has a sign out of food. It's like, oh, and you won't see them back till Monday. You won't see them back till they after the weekend when they go hunting and they go kill get, kill a boar or a pig, or whatever. Man, yeah. You know, cause like it's like almost like I don't know if it's like different parts of the South. You know, cause like uh, watching like say like man versus food or uh-huh. bizarre Absolutely. food. You know, love that food. I love that guy. <laughs> man, he's got a good job. <laughs> man, that's all you got to do is travel around and eat. Yeah. Or Anthony Bourdain. Bourdain. Like, I was just gonna say that, that's my dude right there. That's my boy, man. <laughs> Very, like, very smart. Have you ever um, heard him on any of the Rogan podcast? Oh, no, you told me about it. No. Super smart. Very, very... Uh, it makes me like him just even more. You'll fall in love with this guy even more, you know? Oh, but like, yeah, like, his character's, like, throughout his whole show, you know? He yeah. has his own narratives and everything. You know, everything. he trains uh, under... Um, right here in Torrance at uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Does he really? Uh-huh. Uh, with the, one of the Gracie guys, yeah. I oh, think Henry Gracie is his, one of his instructors. But, yeah, right here in Torrance, not, not too far. You'll probably find him in there if you ever go in there um, for whatever reason, you know? But yeah, oh, man, that'd be awesome because that guy's been like my hero ever since I saw the first uh, no, Res- no Reservations episode. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely definitely one of those guys up there. But it's like just thinking about it, you know, like you know, as, I know he's a chef, you know, like he, he worked his way to where he's at now, you know, which Absolutely. is awesome, you know, that's like very admirable to me. But you know, just like traveling around the world, you know, just like drinking and just like pretty much immersing himself in the cultures you know wherever he goes it's envious life especially if you're into like i i, I know you are i am myself as well just learning about other people's cultures and right, different right. people i love i love that stuff i'm if i go to a new place i'm gonna want to learn the language and I'll, I'll spend at least a couple of two weeks trying to learn the basics just so i can right. communicate with locals but even like different states out or the city i'll visit i'm up on wikipedia and just look it up <laughs> yeah. you know shit like that like i like doing that yeah yeah, and I, I know you are. So wouldn't it be awesome to just be like that's your job, being yeah. a world traveler and documenting it? You that's know? that's yeah. fucking great. Like, and it's not even like like this is the network like paying for all this stuff. Like he just he's like the face of it all. You Absolutely know? yes. And um, like I remember um, just like you know speaking about like the southern barbecue or whatever. I think it was a Louisiana episode where um he like pretty because he's not like going all. Like, always, like, in these, like, fancy-schmancy, like, you know, establishments, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, pretty much, just, like, people and their families, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I really like about it. But I remember this one episode where, the, like, uh, they get the pig, and then he's, like, fixing it up, and, like, everybody's, like, doing this whole, like, you know, southern, like, huge barbecue, like, event, you know? Uh-huh. And they show, like, you know, the way they pretty much, well, he actually, like, killed the pig, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, just, like, the way they take all the guts out and you know like season it mm-hmm. it's like the whole process of it all it's like dang 
You know, it's like it's like such a difference between like just going to the market and getting like a couple of pork chops. Or There's something. definitely um, like a, a disconnect somewhere in the middle. Definitely. You know, you're not supposed to. Um, like, that's like evolutionary speaking. You're. It's not in our genes to to do that. You know, you, there's something lost in there when you're doing, doing going to the market or you're going through a drive-through fast food, and that's how you're getting your cow. Oh, you right. Know, you're you're losing there. Um, there's that disconnect. You're. I'm. You know. I'm big on hunting, and I'm big on gamers, and it's sad because most people like um, who are anti like the PETA folks. It's 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 very ignorant. Ninety nine percent of those people are extremely ignorant. And they it just it's, it's they just don't know what's up. I guarantee you, like the the hunters have way more love for these animals than these PETA guys do. And it's and it's a respect factor. It's an it, it's if you ever if you ever watch any of the the hunting shows, um, uh, most of them you're gonna see the journey and you're gonna see these guys like um, be extremely respectful of the animal. You know what I mean? And it's and it's a thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And and it's and they're 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 legitimately working for especially if you're eating it you're legitimately working for for your feel so you have a connection to it and when you you know I think it is an enjoyment you enjoy it just that much better really like but, uh, it's a very Native American approach you know exactly it's like you exactly. know it's a very spiritual thing that, when you that's way better than what I was gonna say I was gonna say Avatar approach <laughs> <laughs> yes Native American approach yes absolutely it, it's absolutely a Native where you just uh, you have an appreciation for this uh, this thing that gave their life. So you can have a meal, right? It's, it's you know, and and most aside from that, aside from the bullshit of that, there has been more money is giving to more money is given to animal conservations and pro, and protecting animals by the uh, fishing game community, fishing game community than any other than I think in one year more money is given to animal conservations and animal protections in one year. This is a real statistic. Than is given in the entire entire time PETA's ever existed. Uh, huh. This is not. This is not. This is a true statistic. Uh, I think uh, in what, in a year, I think they give like a short of a billion dollars because every tag has a price, and then you have to. Oh right. Yeah, right, it's right. it's like you're paying into preserving the animal thing. Or a perfect example of this is uh, I was listening to a different podcast. With one of the guys that shot the last uh, black rhino or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, man, I heard about so that. So yeah. it's the last one. That means as soon as he dies, he's extinct, right? Uh, they auctioned off to hunt this animal, and I think it, uh, and what the money is going for is a charity thing. You're raising to support the other rhinos that are the other species of rhinos that do exist. So I think they raised I um, it was I want to say like seven point. I don't know the specific number, but it was in the millions, in the high millions. So the guy, you know, you, you auctioned off, you paid it, and he went and he and he recorded it. You know, probably periscope, periscoped it or something. But he recorded it, and he got to hunt the last right, the last black rhino, and it was a whole thing. And then that money is given to the other rhinos that are, you know, exist to keep them alive and persist. I think there's only like a dozen in Vietnam or something like that. You know, this it's a very very select rhinos? few. Yeah, it's a very very select few uh, of whatever you know. And uh, I mean, that, I'm all um, see that's the thing. just people. The people who are animal lovers and Peter like Chris are like, oh, you're, oh, uh, how can you do that to another? What if it was a person? Like, <laughs> get your head out of your ass, because number one, it ain't a person, and number two, like they're they're literally doing more for the animal than you will ever do on your bitching and, and complaining. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's that kind of. So I have a lot. Of, it's a whole different view. It's a different uh, perspective, I guess. And it's a more appreciation for for that they have than. You know these guys who are just like, oh no, don't kill them. There's a, there's really, a, there is really a sense, 
you can't be he can't have it both ways there's a, like an evolutionary factor to this there's a survival of the fittest type thing right and there's an out of control wolves are a huge example of this wolves if you let them get too out of control will devastate an entire area you know I think um, I want to say Siberia one of the Russian border mm-hmm. countries yeah they have a huge <clears throat> problem with like what's called super packs uh, wolf packs that are you know usually you have a puck under a dozen or whatever and that's okay. that's a hunting pack these there's been wolf packs that are like 300 <laughs> wide oh, yeah and um, and they just go through like uh, I think they like literally raped a fucking horse village like a, a breed and just devastated all the horses in this in this it just like shit like that you'll see that they'll come across uh, wolves of um, I mean, this is how you get the big bad wolf stories from Europe because they there's been a time where they were literally like they would go into the cities and just <laughs> uh, just kill people, <laughs> just devastate. Oh and yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever read about this stuff. And in that's, uh, uh, France, that's where you know they France was a huge one. Getting yes. like you know the home werewolf, uh, uh, guru. Um, yes, absolutely. That's where all that stuff came from. Is from from wolves becoming one of these things where they're. Just, I, I forgot the documentary. Uh, I'll see if I can remember it, and I'll, and I'll send you a link to it. But they literally changed the landscape of Yellowstone National Park because the way they were hunting made like uh, the all the prey animals, like the deer and stuff, sway away from the rivers. And that in the river, that means it expanded longer, and it it it, it literally because of wolves because there were too many of them it changed the whole landscape of certain things it, it just it's incredible oh, the no way, way they explain it yeah I'll see if I can find the link and I'll send it to you but I mean there's a real thing to that like you have to hunt bears or another thing you have to hunt these things or you have to kill these things or else they, if they get too overpopulated it becomes a danger to other people it becomes a danger to the rest of the ecosystem you know it, there, it needs to be everything needs to be kept in check including us by the way I mean this planet I don't think is meant to support 6-7 billion people you know what I mean I mean, this is why we're getting in the later part of the centuries when our population's growing, where you get more problems and problems. You know, India and China aren't doing. I mean, I mean, you know, just overpopulated places where too many people, concentration of people. You are gonna have bad news. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, like thinking about that, you know, um, say like in India, for example, like like the tiger the, the popul well the What's population all? itself mm-hmm. is supposed to be like three times the United States at least. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, this is still, like, a society that um, cows are, you know, revered. Yes, you know, they're, absolutely. You know, deity, you know, holy cow. Entities, That's where we get it from, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, they have the ability to just kind of, like, pretty much go wherever they want. Like, you pretty much have to, like, stop what you're doing. If, yes. like, cows are like, coming across you, you have to let them walk. Uh-huh. Know? And, like, for me, I just think about that where, um, where, like, you know, okay, you know, like, people want... You know, people want their meat, they want their burgers, they want their whatever. But this is a society that's, like, that's actually frowned upon. And even, you know, where it's three times what it is, like, here in the United States, they, like, it's not even a thing, you know. It's, mm-hmm. like, a, mostly, like, a vegetarian. Uh, yes. Well, with the exception of, like, maybe, like, chicken or I don't know what else. Like, they, But you're right. More, more, it's a, a more... It's predominantly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, like, I don't know if it's, like, really, like, a discipline thing, you know, just... That's just how people are, or yeah. is it just because it's just that uh, collective um, uh, religious spiritual belief where like these are holy yeah. creatures, you know? Like it but, doesn't even cross my mind. Like I'm not even gonna like. I'm glad you brought that that up because that there, it's gonna be a, a point where it's like, okay, do I want to keep believing in this? I'm I, I I'm not gonna say this position because everyone has their beliefs, but do I want to keep believing in this ideal or do I want to survive? 
because they are very malnourished people, and there's a shitload of poor people. Right. That it's it's very much like the wealth, the one percent versus ninety nine percent. It's very much there more than anything. And is it going to be a point where like, <laughs> man, fuck this belief, cows are holy. I'm hungry. I'm gonna. Right. You know, is it when's that when's that going to be the time? And like, evolution, right? We need protein in our life. We need. Uh, um, you can't have. You can't be functionally strong without it. It's very. <laughs> I think there's like one UFC fighter just to make an, a comparison. One UFC fighter. In the entire UFC that's a vegetarian <laughs> and he no, there's vegan bodybuilders yeah like, there no, are well, no but they supplement with protein and other things you're not really allowed to do that stuff in the UFC so it mm. has to be more natural so that's that's why I bring in UFC specifically because it's there it's controlled in the sense where you have to go natural or and, and if you want to go vegan natural then you're having a very very tough time building muscle mass or being even just physically stronger you know than than your average average fighter that is gonna eat meat you need you uh, just plain and simple you need meat to be, uh, to be, if you want to be a hunter in a hunter gatherer society, oh, okay. you need to be eating meat if you wanted to be, if you want to be on the Darwin top of the clan type thing, you know. Yeah, there's that. If, like I said, that's in the hunter gatherer society. Obviously, now you know. To be honest with you, in this world, it's more of like the hacker mentality that's really surviving. It's guys that are more savvy in the. I guess that's your new hunting place. If you can write code, you're oh, on, on the, top the of internet, the pretty much. Yeah, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. Just because, I mean, so much of everything, like, maybe, like, well, I mean, 10 years ago, we still had cell phones, but it wasn't, like, that advanced, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe, like, say... Well, now you, had, you like, have a computer in your palm. You know? Pretty much, yeah. you know? But even then, like, I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like, when, the, like, my parents, like, they got the first cell phones, yeah. like, one of the StarTags, like, those little, like, Zoolander cell phones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same <laughs> thing. I always thought it was just kind of, like, a reference to that. Yeah. But it wasn't anything like, you know, you couldn't go on the internet. It was literally just basically just like dialing a number and calling somebody. Absolutely, yeah. There weren't any apps or anything like that. Snake, you know? right? Or was that later? <laughs> uh, it was a little bit later, yeah. but, you know, it was those uh, hard rock Nokia's, you know. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. They could pretty much like. No, I do remember right those, sun, yeah. You know? I remember a buddy of mine from school had one. And he just wore it on his hip like a holster. <laughs> oh, yeah, they had the holsters. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's so cool. That's so weird. And I remember <laughs> in my head thinking like, yeah, but why do you, do you really want someone to reach you at all time? I remember thinking that in my head. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, it, now it's just like, because yeah, it's always this uh, conditioning, you know? You got to keep up with the times. And even if you don't realize that you're like adapting like on a level where it's like, but like I can't imagine like me being like uh, driving on my way to work one day and then just like, where the fuck is my phone? Yeah. Break on the freeway, run over a whole bunch of people, crash into cars. I gotta go get it, you know. You know, it's like uh, like I cheat because I, I I do do that every now and then. I just leave my phone. I'll be without it for a while, but I have my eye touch in <laughs> where I have on my podcast. So as long as I have my podcast, I'm good. But you know, I'm like so it's kind of cheating. <laughs> but so there's always like this uh like um. It's just for me. It's just a device. It could it could well as be the radio. You know what I mean? Just, I have a radio with or a Walkman with me. You know that kind of thing. So it's thing. kind of the same thing. It's because I don't really use it for anything else. But uh, but yeah, every now and then I'll, I'll do just that. Like just like compromising with something, you know. I I, I want I, I need a media device. I need something so I can listen to or you know as far as podcasting goes. Just because I'm really into podcasting. Um, I don't know why. I think I do think like to to sway away from a little bit from it. Like the podcasting thing has definitely changed the way like I find myself in real life having different conversations where I'm absolutely listening a lot more than I, I usually have 
Because I remember I used to be that jackass that would just interrupt and <laughs> just, do, just do a whole, like, oh, and then someone else talk, and then, like, oh, like, just, like, I, I definitely, like, I, I think I found this myself at the, the party we went to on Friday, where I was just, just definitely listening a little bit more than, uh, or a lot more than uh, normally I would without interrupting. I think podcasts is, because there's times where I'm yelling at the podcast, like, oh, because I'm disagreeing with something, <laughs> like, like, oh, that doesn't mean no, it's because of this, you know? Right, right, yeah. right. But you just, you just learn to, uh, like, oh, shut it off. Like, you're you're forced to listen to someone else's point of view without your input. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. It is, because, like, some, like, sometimes it's, like, uh, it's, like, an impulse, you know? You can't really control it. It's just, like, like you hear something, and it just, like, triggers something. We're like, whoa, 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 wait. You know? Right, right. Before I got you move on. Whatever, yeah. You know, like. And it's, like, uh, like, well, we're not, I, I don't know if we're at that point yet, where even, like, something, like, that is interactive uh-huh. where it just be like driving down you hear something like whoa, whoa, whoa wait about it. like hey <laughs> like, you know like, you can't really stop it. you just have to listen to it even right, if you have to say it. whatever it is that you want to say like, you still have to listen to it you know and I don't know maybe someday in the future it's going to be like that where it's going to be like interactive like on location it's going to be mobile mm-hmm. like in the sense where no matter where you're at if you want to, you know, voice your opinion on something, like, you're going to do it. Uh, in a sense, you have, have that with, like, uh, you know, like, Facebook posts or social media. Oh, true. You, you kind of have that in a sense where you're just, like... So, we're getting there. It's already there, like, in some senses, actually. You know, yeah. The way you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's your... That's your... You're connected to everything. I think that's why morality has changed. I think we were talking about earlier in the last podcast about how... Uh, Opinion has swayed for what if you a sex tape was released about you or anything like sexual like nude pictures it's automatically like shunned upon. Oh right, right. And now we're moving toward where it's not a big deal or like this it's is more a shift. Just, it's like oh hey, this is like more an option. It's more know? interesting like, than it is like uh, morally disruptive. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is an option. It could make you famous, literally. And, yeah, so and, it's uh, not even in like a good thing. way. This is like uh, I don't know. This is like a career choice, you know. It's like yeah. oh just. Yeah, like a Zach and Mary make a porno. Yeah, absolutely. you know, like uh, just they're trying to make ends meet. It's like, oh, we can shoot a porno, you know. Yeah, and just like the way like uh, that Seth Rogen like says it, you know, it's like anybody wants to see anybody have sex. It's you know? very like, true, especially people you know. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. it's like always like this. Um, just because like ever since you know that like element of shame, you know, where there's certain things you can't do in front of everybody else. Yeah. But this is like a, like a voyeuristic approach to that, you know, where... A little like, bit, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, hey, hey like, what these couple do? What are they do? Like, I'm down. I'll, I'll give you an example without mentioning names, but, like, you know, someone's, someone's the girl at the party we were at, you know, like, uh, there are a lot hotter girls on the internet that I can see naked. But, oh, okay. But I'd be more intrigued to see that girl naked just because I kind of know her. Oh, know? right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So it's just that factor that, so I, you, I think you have that with the internet now where it's just mass exposure. Yeah, and I like well. What the point I was making originally is how morality is changing because of information. Now you do have that so much information, like oh, it's no big deal. Everyone does that. Mm-hmm. It becomes that kind of factor where it's it, it, um, you start shifting, where like it's not a big deal or, or things that are, have in the past would have been like like oh ta- too taboo or all of a sudden or oh my god the devil's in that person. <laughs> it's like oh no, it's just you know whoop, yeah whoop de whoop that kind of bullshit or whatever. In a good way. In a good way, I think so, you know. I mean, I'm not saying that um, morality is going to become too subjective where now everything's off limits and who gives a shit and it's all anarchy. 
I'm not saying that, but there's definitely things that I don't agree, I never agreed with when I was younger, where I was like, why is that wrong? Why do people think that's wrong? That's fucked up. Just, you know, let them do their thing. And now it's becoming more acceptable. You know what I mean? And just because you have the, you have a, a place, if you, like, like think about how, like, if you were into S&M before the internet, like, how would you even bring something like that up, you know? Oh, like, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you were a furry before the internet, like, if you like to dress up and have a... Sex like in a mascot uniform or whatever. How would you even dare bring that up to a girlfriend that you're tr- you're having like sex with? Like, hey, oh, uh, uh, you're at a dinner table. Like, uh, I'm just gonna wear this bunny outfit and have sex. I'm oh, just kidding. Unless you're, you know, like, how would you even? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, you know. Well, just thinking about that, like uh, Ted Bunny, for example, mm-hmm. the serial killer. You know, his thing was necrophilia. Yeah, you know, like having sex with dead people. Of course, yeah. For those who don't know what that is, necro um, necro means death. Yeah. Amphilia is like an obsession. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like with you know girls that he's dated even before you know he was into his Necronomicon. That's how I knew this. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> Anyways, <go ahead. laughs> before he was in his prime or whatever, you know, like he'd be having sex with you know whatever girlfriend he had, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't doing it for him. So he's like, he was like, he had this very violent approach to it. You know, it's like you know like. Don't talk, don't look at me, just like play dead, pretty much. Right, right. And that's kind of like how he got his rise. You know, Bill Cosby. Until, you know, he eventually it started manifesting itself, like even in a more extreme state, where he started killing girls, you know, he started luring them. You Remi- know, they had after you finish, remind me, because I think there, I have two points to make about that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And, um, you know, like once, you know, like he was able to achieve that, where he was actually like killing girls. Uh, taking them to these secluded places and actually having sex with them and whatever else with their that bodies, he did with yeah. them, you know. And like it's like he was like so far into it that it wasn't even like a thing where like oh this is weird, you know. Yeah. It was just like oh like like to him it's normal and obviously to yeah. everybody else it was just like dude this guy's fucking crazy like of who course. does that you yeah. know like even nowadays I don't think that's something that's gonna like go over very well. We're you, like having sex with dead people. You all, you always, or dead people, animals, or children. That's gonna be your your lines drawn. Where your is it ever gonna cross? Top there? three yeah. taboos, pretty much. Uh yeah. Even incest is thrown in there too. I guess you know. Uh, yeah. Is there ever a line? Too. I don't think there's ever a line to cross from those points. You know, but um, I think most. Well, there's a study that was done that most crimes are committed by people from like age 16 to like 25. Or, or it might be even mid later teens, but like there's literally like your brain thinks a certain way, especially for male 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 guys, um, where it's just you're you're not a grown up yet, and you're you can't handle certain emotional things, and really it's all science, it's all hormones, it's all synapses firing in right. certain ways, where and they they specifically said that if if you were in lock up or if you were like if there were no guys that existed from that age group, that crime would drop. Like ninety seven percent, something ridiculous. Oh, where most, where that many crimes are committed by guys in that age group, just because um, you're in a certain mindset, you know, hormones, you want to call it, you know, whatever. Where you're, you, you're, you're reacting in a certain way. It's not planned crimes type of thing, you know. It's right. You're, you're, you're reacting in a certain way, like uh, very vindictive, very. It's just right impulse, away, you know. Impul- it's just, impulsive. There's no thought behind it. It's just like, like just this natural. Very like he wronged me, I'm gonna wrong him back, and you're not even thinking of consequences type shit. Or she wronged me, I'm gonna go fuck her up, and that kind of thing. It's right. uh, like all, or I need money, let me go do that. It's very like uh, 
you're not in that set where you're thinking things through, you know. And it's it's that's a pretty big gap. And it's literally like from like a little bit after uh, puberty to right before you hit your uh, return of Saturn, you know, the twenty eight. Oh, gotcha. Year. And right before that, and it, you, um, that shit, like yeah, it was like ninety seven percent of crimes are committed by that. All right, second one, I think. Now this is my theory. I think that most um, like sexual crimes or murders based on sexuality are all has to do with child abuse or sexual abuse or the, a crippled mentality of thinking. Or sexual, just really sexual deprivation. Like, if you're depriving someone of some... Okay, the running joke... Uh, I remember seeing um, Patrice O'Neill talking about... Uh-huh. Uh, you, you remember... You know who he is? Yeah, yeah, of course. I love that guy. Love yeah. him. Uh, rest Legend, in peace, man. Legendary. Rest in peace. I, he, he, he died right before he's going to blow up big, where everyone's going to know his name. He was going to... I thought he would hit Kevin Hart's status if he was still alive. You know, that kind of thing. That'd be great, man. That would have been great. One, one of the most underrated... Uh, great comic, too. Uh, but he was talking about uh, he was defending a rape joke because at this point um, I think it was Dan Cook no no it was uh, Tosh um, Tosh Pana yeah what's his name Tosh uh, Daniel Tosh that made this whole like uh, oh about raping a girl getting raped joke or whatever and he's defending it like about comedy and uh, you know like I said I dabble in the the open mic world and all that right and I, I'm very much for it and I'm very offensive you know most of my jokes are very like oh <laughs> like I was talking about the Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> I would get protested. So some people like they would not find me funny, you know, anything that kind of thing. But uh, it, he was defending it, and the the news anchor woman, she's on there, and she's like, "You you think rape funny? You think there's rape jokes that are funny?" And I remember thinking at the time, he's like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, if they're funny, they're funny. Who cares a shit what it's about?" And I, and he didn't bring it up, but I remember thinking like, "Dude, there's like a hundred priest molesting jokes that are funny." And, and, and no one ever talks about that. And child molesting, I think, is worse than rape. And no one ever talks about how that's funny. And, and it could oh. be funny. Okay, I'll have to give you an example. I forgot whose joke this is. I, so I'm sorry. I want to say it was Bill Burr. But it might be... Uh, anyways, the joke is like, um, oh, as a kid, I hated going to Catholic school. Um, I hated going to church, Catholic church. It was always kneel, sit... Neil, sit. I wish the guy, I wish the priest would just pick a position and fuck me already. <laughs> that was the joke, right? So, uh, dude, that's a great, that's a joke about child rape. That's a child right. molestation, but it's funny. But it's so relevant, like, on, like, even a serious level, because it is, like, something that happens, you Absolutely, know? yes, absolutely. And it's something to brought up. And, and I think that's a, I think for me, the way comedy is, about people don't get it. People that get offended, they're not going to get it, and they don't think, they think things are too taboo, they shouldn't be touched. Uh, I think they're in the wrong because it opens up conversation in an easy way where like you, this needs to be talked about right. you know like priests are out there molesting children and it needs to be talked about but no one wants to talk about it because it's too taboo a subject to talk about it George Carlin was a perfect example of this he brings something to light in a clever funny way right people would talk about that bit and then it gets conversations rolling and then you know the problem starts to get fixed in a certain way huh. that's the way I always thought about it and uh, anyways, that's actually the whole different point of view or point that I was trying to make. But when I think about sexual deprived, deep, uh, you know, you're depriving someone of sexual things, the whole priest not allowed to have sex with each other, that's fucking them up mentally. You're, right. Uh, you're, you're, denying a guy, you're denying a guy who's not allowed to have sex with a woman or, or a man, whatever the fuck he wants to. All of a sudden he turns his attention to children. Why are there so many priest jokes? Why? There's a reason for that. Why? It's because they're being sexually deprived. What's the one factor that they all have in common? Oh, they're not allowed to have sex with anybody. Right. You know, they're supposed to be celibate. Hmm. Human, it, that's that's unnatural. You want to talk about Caitlyn Jenner being unnatural? Yeah, you can't Bullshit. deny your own human nature. Bullshit. Sexual, yeah, sexual needs are is unnatural. Like, that's what, and if you're denying hmm. that, 
someone, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna create, it's gonna change your brain pattern. Right. It's gonna, it's gonna manifest felt, manifest itself in, in a some negative form way. or other. Like, yeah. you're gonna fulfill that need whether you want to or not. It, yeah, and it's gonna bring up. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And it's gonna change your brain activity. It's gonna change your brain pattern. It's gonna change your personality. And honestly, you know, there's yeah, some things where you just become like, oh, oh shit, just need, and you're not getting it from somewhere. It's you're gonna become whoop to whoop, and it's gonna manifest itself in you're surrounded by children and innocence. It always takes us out in innocence, you know, which sucks. You know? But that that that's how it becomes. Yeah, that's a pretty bad yeah. way. Yeah. That's it's why, true. and no shit, that leads to like this other point. I remember having about like how I hate when like or I, whatever. I know I know a few girls that that they shun their their husbands. Or boyfriends away from masturbating, where they think it's cheating. You know, oh, you're jacking off to another girl, and you're cheating. You know, that means you're cheating on me. And I just want like you fucking moron. Like, how dare you? How dare you make someone ashamed? Or how dare you make another guy or a girl? I know guys that feel this way about women. Like, oh, they get offended if their girls masturbating or jacking off. Like, how dare you deny? They're not cheating on you. They're doing this so they don't have to cheat on you. You know what I'm saying? I get that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really, and it's, it, you're ruining relationships. You're not only are you ruining relationships, but you're ruining personality of this guy. You know, you're making, it's going to come out in a negative way, whether it's resentment for the relationship or whether you're you're just shaming him into being feeling bad about doing something that's. Something that's natural. It's almost like, natural. why are you breathing? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's absolutely right, man. Yeah, so it all has consequences, whether you know it or not. Subconsciously, it all has consequences. Man, yeah. Sigmund Freud, man, like that guy had it right. He was ahead of the curve on a lot of things. Like, I think. You know, he, he was like, like pretty much like how everything had to, you know, eventually have to do with, uh, uh, with sex. You know, like yeah, absolutely. He was he was onto something. You know, yeah. like for me personally. Like, I never, re- like, really, really, like, you know, got into his teachings or anything, but just everything that I did come across, you know, how, you know, like, your dreams, you know, pretty much, like, he had, like, a real obsession with sex. Yes. I mean, I don't know where, like, the whole, like, line you can draw where it's like, all right, man, you're taking this too far, you know. But he had a point, I thought, you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he did have that element, you know, like, there were lots of things, you know, where... Like, uh, at least with dreams, you know, everything pretty much had to do with dreams with him. And yeah. it was always, like, tied sexually with, uh, I guess, I don't know. I have a few dream books, and not in the whole, like, fortune teller way, where it's like, oh, if you dream this, you might, be, oh. it's more in the psychological way, where right. you can literally get, your your dreams are a bit, basically your therapist, if you can interpret them the right way. Where oh you're dreaming this because it's all the manifestation of I remember my uh, I remember my somebody that I knew that was getting married had a certain dream or whatever not so much uh, no <laughs> but it was like I remember she was and it was a little bit right before she was getting married and she asked me what it meant and like you know not about fucking like dream interpreter but I'm uh but I had a book and I remember you know I was super fascinated with dreams I I think I'm assuming yourself as well whatever. Oh, like, there was, like, a period, you know, where I was, like, I was into lucid dreaming. Oh, that's, that's, that's a whole different That was, like, my whole, like, day, just, like, focusing, like, all right, tonight. Do you know what uh, Alpha Brain is or anything like that? I'm sorry? Alpha Brain? Uh, no. It's a, it's a, it's a cognitive, like, it's, uh, basically, like, vitamins for your brain. Um, Hmm. they sell it on on on.com, but supposedly the side effect, the positive side effect, I think, uh, it it causes lucid dreaming, like, instantly. (laughs) Not instantly, Hmm. but when you dream, when, when you're on it. But it's it's like brain food for you know that kind of thing. So check it oh, out. I'll see if I get oh. some. I get some for you too. Oh nice. Yeah. But what were we saying? No. Um. 
Like, uh, like there was this period of, uh, it was a couple of weeks, you know, where like day in, day out, it was just like, all right, tonight, I was kind of like psyching myself up. You know, I'm going to have lucid dreams, you know, uh, like I'm going to know what I'm doing. I'm going to like, I'm going to have these little tells. Because yeah. like, you know, like when you're in a dream, you don't always know that you're dreaming. Like no. mostly nobody knows that they're dreaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's still like these little things. I, I just remember, I, like, this is the way I always try to explain it to my kids because we have these long, especially with Gwen, have these long conversations because she's really uh, like a, I, I, if she had, you know, little kids are into like little kid movies. I'm so glad that this is the movie that she happens to like because it's way more relatable. But Alice in Wonderland, oh, uh, nice. that's her movie. That's one of her go-to movies, you know, watch it anytime type of thing. And I'm so glad because it's easier for me to explain certain things. And one of the ways I explain it is like, you never know you're dreaming until you wake up. No, even right now, we wouldn't know we were dreaming until we were to wake up. You'd be like, damn, this whole shit was a dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But go ahead. No, um, it's just, um, like, like I, like, I remember dreams, you know, like I'm thinking back, like, like, damn, how did I not know that I was dreaming? But then when I wake up, depending on how intense the dream is, like, in whatever way it was, whether it's, like, a nightmare or maybe, like, something, like, really, like, raunchy or... You get so lost in it. But, like, through this period, like... Like, it was just kind of, like, um... I guess, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it, where it's kind of, like, you just leave, like, a little, like, tap for yourself. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a little, like, something where... It's like, all right, keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it, you know. So when you're asleep, you're going to know that you're in a dream and then do whatever the hell, you know. Yeah. Because like, at least, like, when I'm dreaming, like, the first thing that I that I always do is uh, I always, like, try to, like, either fly or uh, telekinesis. Oh, okay. Those are, like, my one things where I'm, like, trying to, like, lift up cars and I'm, like, lifting up cars. This is when you wake up. In, no, no, no. This, dream? No, this is when I'm in my dream. So you're not doing this knowing it's a dream. You're just doing this in your dream. No, like, what one, you remember no, no. doing. No, once I know that I'm in a dream, yeah. like, that's, that's what like, you try. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Once you know in your dream, you're gonna try to do something like powers wise. It's right? like oh shit, I, I know that I'm dreaming. You know, but my you just say that's funny. My go to is, is not powers. My go to is women. I try to make Gwestafani reappear. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, it's happened before. You know, I've, obviously, I've only made it. I've only made it happen twice though, where she she literally for whatever reason it's. It's a lot. Even when you're awake in your dream and you're conscious of it, it's still. I mean, for me, it's still hard to try to control it because right. it's not as like in the movies when you wake up in your dream, you can control everything or whatever bullshit. I, at least for me, it has not been the case. It's been more like like uh, I'm thinking it and I'm trying to force it, but it's still difficult. No, no, you know? I get you. Yeah. Like, and it was like, of course, I have my like, sexual fantasies. Like, once I know that I'm dreaming, like yeah. I'm, I can make anything happen without like any like. I don't know, like, guilt or anything. Uh-huh, like, absolutely. Like, I was like, shit, I'm gonna have, like, ten girls right now, like... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever happens, happens, you know? But it's always been a thing, like, flying. Like, I like, like, once I realize that I'm... That's like, oh, shit, I'm in a dream. I want to fly. And I'm, like, levitating, and it's like, I could feel like there's, like, this, like, strain, you know, where, like, mentally it takes, like, a lot out of me. To, like levitate myself right or where i'm actually like you know like trying to like move stuff and that's always been like i just remember like waking up and i'm like damn like i had a dream like that whereas before you know where it was as like, did i <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> oh man you gotta say it <laughs> and what did you dream oh duh. The dreams often lie. <laughs> 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 
Alright, okay. That was a Shakespeare Romeo thing. Sorry, guys. Go ahead. I'm trying to think, like, what he says. Inside joke for anyone who's a Shakespearean fan, you know. He's like, while, like, dreamers often lie in bed dreaming true things true, something. Yeah. I didn't get it, man. Fuck. I fucked it up. That's fine, man. Damn. But, but either way, you know, it's like, like, like even recently, like, uh, where I said, like, my go-to thing is, like, trying to make things levitate or trying to fly. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, before where it was, like, really, like, a thing, like, a conscious thing or unconscious thing. Like, my conscious trying to make its way into the unconscious where it's, like, know that you're dreaming and know that once you're dreaming, like, there's no, like, there's, like, no element that's, like, where, oh, you can't do that or, like, yes. no. Here's like the limits or endless. It, There's no limits. That's very like. Here's how I always felt. And don't go. I'll, I'll get into. The, I'll go back to this. Sorry, folks. I'll go back into the story about the girl who had a dream. I, I know I kind of left it hanging there, <laughs> but um, the subconscious. This is how when I was a kid, or when I was a kid, when I was like in in college. This was kind of what one of my theses was based on. Was uh, in philosophy class. Was that I felt I could. The whole point, or for me, was to make the subconscious. You know, I'd say it was like. You know, to use the example, you know, you know, obviously we know it's false pretenses now, but ten percent of our brain. What I thought is that our subconscious is ninety percent of the brain, and our conscious is ten percent. And I was trying to make it fifty-fifty, and and I thought if you could get it to where your subconscious is in more is in line with your, if your conscious knew ex- what was up with your subconscious, like that kind of thing, you. Mm. I always thought the subconscious was God, basically. Basically, what I thought the subconscious got because it led to my theory of are you familiar with like subjective idealism? The whole thing that, like, um, uh, how do I explain it? You are okay, let's do a matrix shit. Like, let's say you're if I am dreaming, um, how do you prove what's not existing? How do you prove right now as we're living that's not existing with our senses, right? Oh, yeah, like whatever you can see, touch, touch feel, taste. anything, right? The whole nine or, um, I think there's the sense of time and the sense of direction are also senses too, but you know I get away from that anyway. But like, <laughs> how do you prove that uh, that what that you are? If I'm if I'm dreaming right now, that means you're not real. That means you're just a figment of my um, imagination. Yeah. Right. So and I wouldn't know that until I wake up because we you know the only way to realize you're dreaming is when you wake up or to realize to wake up in your dreams. So that would make me God, that because I'm creating everything. Uh, that means nothing exists outside of my own dream. Right. When I'm dreaming, that means I'm God. If I never, if I can't tell the difference between the dr- dream world and the real world, that means I have no idea. If I can't trust my senses, because uh, you know when you're dreaming, you really don't really know about your senses either or whatever. So if I couldn't tell you, if that means my subconscious would essentially be God, and my conscious is just the only living member in my subconscious is a dream that I provide for me. Kind of like that, human nature with like the. Exact opposite, like what man versus God. Oh no! Or is that something completely different? Yeah, I think it's a little different oh, than yeah. that. Yeah, this is more like uh, my subconscious is creating a world for me where only I exist, and everything else is a figment of my imagination, and that mm-hmm. essentially makes your subconscious God, which is in, in reality you. Whatever you can interpret as, Cause, like, because if I'm the only, like, let's say Omega Man, or uh, what was it remade with Will Smith, Omega Man or oh, Charles um, legend, right? I am, I am legend. legend. Yeah. I'm legend. So that was you know a remake of Charleston Heston's Omega Man, where he's the last man on earth, right? That type of thing. Right. Uh, if I'm the Omega Man, if I'm the last man on earth, nobody else exists outside my own, and I'm dreaming everybody else's existence. I mean, that makes me God. That kind of thing, you know. Hmm. 
and you're so, and anyways, that's the whole point that I was making originally, like, if there's some way, maybe like a Buddhist, Nirvana, meditation kind of bullshit way that I could make my subconscious be more powerful than, um, or make my conscious, excuse me, as much powerful as my subconscious, if I could get it to 80-20, if I could get it to 70-30, if I could, oh, any man. way I can make it where my conscious knows more what's up uh, than my subconscious, then I, that's when I think things would manifest. That's where you get the people that are... It's unexplainable. Like, the people that can levitate, the people that can, like, illusion, you know... Like, can, super mind over matter. Exactly. Super mind... You're right. You call, That's a great way of putting it. Super mind over matter, yeah. And I was like, hmm. man, there's got to be some kind of way to do it. And, and the answer's got to be in the dreams. There is, like... Man, um... Like, um... Remember uh, Crashing Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, I remember, like, when I was a kid, there was a series of books. I don't know if I told you about it. I want to say that I did, but I don't remember. The, the Bernstein Bears. Yeah, close. <laughs> but uh, it was this uh, series of books. It was just like about like you know like aliens and just distant civilizations and mm-hmm. just like really occultish type stuff. Uh huh. But I remember there was this one part where it was like uh like the author whatever he talked about it was a like it showed a picture of an old manuscript where he said where it said that you know like there was like some period in time like. Obviously, in China. It was in China, right? Yeah. Where there were people that were able to do that. They were able to, like, you know, like, yeah, walk I, on... Yeah, 100% agree with... Uh, believe that shit, too. Yeah, the you older, know, and, olden ways. Uh-huh. You know, it didn't really specify, you know, how they got to that point or anything. But it was, you know, essentially a mind over matter issue. Yeah. Go ahead, Akeem. Real quick. And, um... Like, I just wonder, like, how are, you know, these people, like, privy, you know, to something like that, you know? Like, did someone come along and show them this? Or is this, like, some, like, age-old, you know, generational, like, family secret? You know, like, is this even true? You know, just because, uh, I don't know, modern society, I think, you know? Like, just because we have the ability to create scenarios that aren't exactly, like, you know, like, legitimately real in the sense that they're not realistic. You know, it's not something that you're gonna, like, walk down the street and see, you know, like, people, like, walking on some fountain or something you know like flying through the air making things levitate you know these are apparently just things that are have been made uh uh just fantasies you know superpowers watching like movies you know watching the x-men like there's these like there's this group of people that have you know these incredible powers but it's just fantasy you're told that they're not real but what if you know they are actually real and we're just trying to like you know shun people away from that you know like like, don't think about, like, what you can do. Just, like, focus on the things that you can't. <sighs> and it's, like, it, at least for me personally, it makes me wonder, you know, like, like, what is real? Like, how do we define real? Just, uh, you know, the way Steve was mentioning, you know, like, uh, the things that are that you can see and you can touch and you can hear, all, like okay, that's real. We're referencing the Matrix, where uh, Morpheus, uh, God of Sleep, mind you, uh, he says that uh, you know, like if you know these things, you know these things that you can that are tangible, essentially, that you can touch and hear and see, they're just electrical signals interpreted by your brain. You know, like what makes that real? You know. Sorry about that. Can you repeat the last five minutes? No, oh man, I can't even remember. No, no, sorry about that. Hey, sorry guys, that's a little real world scenario going on. 
<laughs> how to uh, uh, do whatever. Um, that's giving me buddy right now. Okay, anyways. Um, we were talking about dreams. Hope you didn't mention anything. Oh, you know what? Um, I interrupted you. What were you talking about right now? Oh, damn. I just went off on a little thing right now. Uh, I was just talking about how, um, how like, in the Matrix, you know. Um, yes. Uh, Morpheus says, like, if real to you is, like, electrical signals interpreted by your brain. Absolutely. You know, like, something like that could be, like, easily mimicked. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. You know, they have, like, you know, shock therapy and things, you know, like, or, um, like, when you're about to die, you know, like, when, like, the whole, my whole life flashes before my yeah, eyes. Yeah, you know? I think they talk about that on Waking Life. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. dude, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you know, the, well, well, you know what? Hold on. Let me finish this story. I was talking about that dream intuition with the other girl because people are going to hate me online if I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, so here was her dream. And then we'll get back to that. Her, her uh, she, it was right before she was about to get married, and she specifically said um, that, like, oh, she, oh, she asked me if I can, you know, I'm, I'm just, I had a book, you know, about dream interpretation. That's it. But she specifically asked me, hey, could you interpret this dream for me as if I'm some kind of psychic guru? <laughs> like, hey, you know, right, right. you know, I'm just like some shaman. Drag- yeah, you know, I'm such some drunk asshole here. <laughs> like, I'm not, you should probably talk to a therapist if you're on actual wrong. But she, she said, uh, like, oh. I'm, there was, I was driving in a car, there was a cat with me, and the cat started freaking out. And I was like, okay, whatever. And uh, I kind of already got a heads up of what it was about. Like, kind of already know. Uh, and, and I just go look it up and I, I confirm. Excuse me. And then um, uh, cats represent, like, fe- feline empowerment. Uh, cats represent, like, the feminism type thing. Okay. Uh, just, you know, <clears throat> that kind of thing. And her freaking out in the car driving um, with her then boyfriend, now husband was supposed to represent like oh it's look you're about to make a huge step in your life where you're kind of giving up some of your freedom you know okay. where you're kind of, and this is you kind of like free the dream is trying to tell you like um you're really not ready for it but i remember you know and you're really not ready for it you're kind of freaking out you're you're gonna make a huge step and you're not you're really kind of doubting mm. yourself you're not sure but I remember when she asked me, um, she asked me in front of her fiance, and I was like, uh, I kind of shouldn't say right now. <laughs> I was like, hey, Steve, because we're at a dinner, and she's like, hey, Steve, I had this dream. Uh, what does this mean? And I'm kind of like, uh, I'm like, uh, I don't think I should say right now. <laughs> I just felt so bad. <laughs> like, uh, uh, it kind of makes means you're doubting, you know, that kind of, no, but, you know. Like it, Kofi, that kind of Yeah, thing. exactly, which I'm sure every, everybody has. Uh, anyways, back to the uh, the Matrix slash Morpheus. You know, actually, a cool thing about that, uh, my philosophy teacher, uh, uh, Matt Sorum, Matt Stones, something like that. I forgot his name. And I'm Matt Sorum from South Park? Okay, so it wasn't Matt Stone. It was Matt, I think Matt Sorum or, it was, M. anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll look it up later. I have his book somewhere. But he wrote a book on the Matrix. Um, oh. And it was really, really interesting book. And, uh, it could, and he was my philosophy teacher. And at the time... When I was in I was in college, uh, you know, two thousand four, Matrix was still very vibrant. You know, piece of it was still very pop culture. Right, right. It was getting the mass media to ask questions, so it was really cool to have like a like oh this guy having a because I love that movie, and I always had a bunch of questions about the movie. You know, like oh did this mean that and this and that, and he was you know obviously have someone who was kind of like firsthand like mm. involved in that world. You know, ready right, to look right. about it. So I always thought it was cool, but there's a. Questions about that movie specifically that always bugged me, like, um, they're waking up in a world where the Matrix knows, okay, like, 1% of the population is going to wake up because they, they feel something wrong. Okay. 
And um, why wouldn't they make like a scenario where like, oh, we're, let's make them rebels so they can feel like <laughs> they're having like a sense of. So they're just in another matrix. They're waking up in a matrix where they wake up and they're fighting the world. And really, they're just in another cocoon. Well, like making a difference. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like let's give them some uh, fulfillment now. Now that they're, uh, they think they're awake, but in reality, they're just in another separate pod. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn. That was. I always thought of that. Huh. I mean, I I always figured if I thought of it, the machine world would be smart enough to think about it. Well, it's like. Um... It wasn't in. It wasn't even in the first one. It was in the. Was it the second one? Mm-hmm. Where he has a conversation with the architect. Well, which is like the point where, um, like it's like uh, like the joining of it where, like you know, the Matrix and the real world, quote unquote, mm-hmm. like they come hand in hand. Where there's a third one where they make a compromise. Which is that scene where um, Neil gets his eyes like. That's the third already. one, yeah. Is that the third one? Yeah. So it's like already right there, you know, like there's that conjoining of, you know, like that dream matrix world and like the real world. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Agent Smith, you know, he follows Neo into that from like the computer world to the real world. Yeah. And um, like I always wonder like, uh, like, like what caused that shift, you know, like sometimes like sometimes, you know, things happen like in a movie. Where you're like, oh, okay, it happened, but like, I don't always question why, but like, that's one of those movies where I always question why because everything that anybody did, like, there was a reason for it. Oh, know? yeah. Because it's like, because everything followed rules and patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. But even in the first one where Morpheus was like, some rules are meant to be bent and others to be broken. Mm-hmm. And um, how was it that H.S. Uh, Smith got from like the Matrix to the real world? From his conscience taking over the. The one guy he took over, remember? Uh, Bing. Yeah. Was it Bing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So his conscious, I guess, literally implants over his. And then he ha- that's the connection. That's the connection. That's the connection where now he's, you know, obviously picking up. The- he has a connection to that body in the real world now. Once he takes over. It's kind of like a, he, he almost like Trojan horsed himself. Hmm. You know, that's the way that's I always thought of it. That's the way I always looked at that one specifically. You know, he Trojan horse himself into, you know, uh, into the real world from that point. Kind of like uh, Inception. Yeah, like, I could say that. There was this um, one point in Inception where, like, I don't really have it in me to like, explain, like, the whole movie. Because it's, like, a, it's pretty heavy, you know, like, to, like, try to explain something like that, you know. Just, like, going into people's dreams and, like... Messing with people's like conscious, subconscious, whatever. Yeah. Where um, there was this one scene where you know, like they tricked somebody into saying they were breaking into somebody else's subconscious, but really they were breaking into their own subconscious. Yeah. And that made it that much easier to do whatever it is that they wanted to do. And um, like I don't know how like that kind of coincides with the Matrix, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where it just like it's like uh, this intangible, you know, like mental state where, like, you can't really change your own programming to an extent. I don't know if that makes. Yeah, sense. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, I, I think if you do try to, I'm no, see, but I don't, I don't agree with that though. I do mm-hmm. think you can change, um, as long as you're critically thinking. 
Yeah, I guess once you, cause it's almost like waking up in the dream yourself, you know. Right. Because let's but say, how do you know you're in a dream unless like? Right, right. But I mean more in like a real world sense. Where like, oh, okay. let's say like right now as real life goes, like the in quotation marks waking up right now for me would be like, oh shit, this is why like oh this is why I haven't been doing good in my life. It's because so and so I've been living more. Love you, love you. Can you hear me? Another beer too. Yeah, so it's because, like, oh, I've been doing more, like, living my life. You know, like you, you said earlier, patterns. So you're recognizing patterns. And then if you were to wake up, in quotation marks, in the real world, you're essentially just realizing the patterns that you have been creating yourself. So you're now kind of like, shit, man. If I want to break away from this, from, I feel shitty. I've been living my life that feels shitty. Uh, now I'm going to break away from the patterns that I've been, that's been causing me to feel shitty or whatever. You know, very, very, very kind of simple, you know? Right. Thank you. So now I feel like um, it's just really having epitomes. You know, you wake up in your life like, oh, shit, my job sucks. That's why I hate my my, my job. Or, oh, shit, it's, maybe it's more specific. You never noticed it before or something like that. You're waking up in your own dream, you know? But that's just that's just really representation of you. You're waking up in your own life. You know what I mean? You're like, now you're realizing things you didn't realize before. That's what really waking up in a dream is. You're just realizing huh. you're in a dream that you weren't in before. So I'm using that in quotations, you know, as a, as a metaphor for saying like, oh, my life, the way I live now, and I'm unhappy of it. Well, now I just realize what's really causing me to be unhappy. I'm just I'm waking up to things I didn't realize before, you know. And I think that's what I meant by by being able to change your con- your consciousness or being able to change things. Once you once you're you know, like I said, you, you, it could be a movie, it could be a book you read, huh. it could be a conversation you have with someone. It could be anything that you're like, shit, I never thought of it that way. And you're just having an epitome and you think about it like, okay, now I'm changing my point of view. You know, and all of a sudden you have a new perspective on things. That's, that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like you kind of like live your life day in, day out. And every so often you come across a point where it's like, like, um, I don't know if it's a stream of consciousness or what even to call it. Yeah. I'm, I just realized I had another <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh, man, um, nope, no, go ahead. That's all you. What were you saying? No, um, like, just like where, like, just like these, um, I was uh, referencing uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Pulp Fiction in the diner scene where he's like what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. Yeah, yeah, I like where that. It's like, some, like everything just kind of like comes at you in a way where it makes sense. Like, hey, this is this, this is that. Like, I don't know, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, but you just have like, this like universal sense of reality yeah like whatever your reality is like it makes sense you know absolutely like you're not it's not this monotonously like routine day in day out whatever it is that you do like everything kind of like comes together and it makes sense like it triggers something where it's like either you like the way that you're living or it's like man i don't like this yeah you know it's um just like i don't know um you making sense of yourself i don't know how to like I don't know what to call it, but it's, you know, essentially, like, either, you know, like, your mind's coming to terms with, like, your environment, and you're like, yeah, like, I like the way things are, or, you know what, like, I don't like that something needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I don't know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely, that that makes a little bit more sense, but what were you talking about earlier when you thought that you couldn't change your consciousness, or from, you were getting from Inception? Oh, um, where, um, like, you're just kind of, like, going, like... Like, when you're in a dream and you don't realize you're in a dream, yeah. you're just kind of, like, going through it, you know, like, whatever happens, happens, and it's not until you wake up where you're like, 
oh fuck I just had a dream yeah. it's like damn why did I do that or why did this happen I, I do think that's that, relevant you know? to life because I do think we live our lives like that because you're just you're going in routines you're right like, yeah now. that's what I mean yeah. and eventually at some point or other you know something you know but that's why along. I thought you uh, I thought we could change our subconscious because once you have that epitome moment that's when you have that moment of clarity where you can realize something different and then you make a di- you you decide to make a difference or not right, right to keep going down that path or or to change it up you know and um like uh like i'm trying to think like you know like doing that in a dream it's hard because like when you're in a dream and you're dreaming or whatever like everything seems normal and it's not until like you wake up where you look back and it's like what the fuck was all that about, right you know? right right as opposed to like when you know just like living life day in day out you do whatever your routine is every now and then you do get that moment of clarity where you're like like i said you know either like yeah like i like where i'm at or you know what like I don't like this, you know. Right. Like when you hear uh, stories about people, you know, where, you know, like I don't know, you know, at some point I just like this wasn't my life. This isn't the life that I had, that I envisioned. You know, yeah. I want to do something different. Where did I get this call? Yeah, we days go by. Yeah, I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely though. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like there's all there will always be that disconnect between you know your conscious and subconscious depending on where you are mentally as a person I guess. Well, I think it's, I think it's a little bit more. There's a bigger disconnect for people who don't have the capacity for abstract thought. I mean, the fact that me and you are having a conversation for this, it's mm-hmm. a shorter, it's a shorter distance as opposed to the average ninety nine percent that that go on living their life without realizing or even trying to acknowledge patterns or things. Or Interesting. This is the thing I t- t- tell my kids all the time, like patterns. Recognize patterns all the time and everything. Uh, it's, synchronicity. It's if very... Know, yeah. Well, it's very pie. Like, I, I remember remember when I saw pie during mm-hmm. the endoscopy. Uh, I remember that. Like, I remember him mentioning that. I'm like, shit, man. And, and patterns really, really is everything. You know, obviously in math, but in life in general, you can... It's an, it's an application you can use to everything. Like, human behavior. You know, everybody has patterns. They do. And you can... If you have enough information, you can start to predict certain things. Right. Th- that know? is synchronicity. Absolutely. If yeah. you know how to read, like, the signs, like, around you, you can make, you know, very accurate predictions yes. into the future. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I just figured, like, you guys got to... Uh, it's kind of like a way to, like I said, critically think. And I'm using it for... I want them to be... I remember, I remember my age group, for me, when it was, like, where I was critically thinking about things. And it was around, like, preteens around 12, 13, when I was just, like, uh, started, like, really overanalyze every single decision I was making, or overanalyze every single thing that was being portrayed to me. Like, it, I'm talking to a girl that I really, really like, but she's giving, but she's not returning the love, but it's because, and I'm thinking, like, well, maybe, you know, and then I started thinking, like, oh, well, maybe her daddy issues here and there, or, or how, do you know? <laughs> it's just, like, it was, I remember very, very, I don't remember where I got it from, but I just remember there were very specifics where it was just like I started overthinking anything and overanalyzing everything. People were telling me that's like, oh, you're overthinking it. That's like as if it was a negative. And I remember thinking like, oh, I think you're wrong. I think this is a positive. I think you're supposed to be thinking that way, or it's a good thing to do it. You know, like kind of don't thing. take everything that they feed you. Like go beyond. Yes, them. exactly. Right. Like what's the reason behind? Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was right around the age where, where you were definitely more of an influence for me for like I mean movies and music type thing. Hmm. Yeah, so I think there's something to there. Uh, and I remember the thing, shit, you know what? Uh, you want to go part three? Oh, I'm down, man. All right, because we're about finishing up in an hour. Hey, you take a little break, though. Yeah, so absolutely. Let's take a little break. Uh, 
We'll continue this. Where did we leave off on? Okay, uh, patterns, right? Patterns, patterns. We'll pick it up on part three of this episode, which is going to be Snoozy Boost episode six. But uh, this is we we have to have to call. We still don't have a call out, um, uh, a sign out. Excuse me, a sign off. This is Snooze and Booze. We are out. Or uh, we are we're drunk. taking a break. Uh, just uh, <laughs> no, piss. Uh, no, no, no. Like pretend this is an episode. So how would we sign off? Like <laughs> uh, oh, like our own little like trademark. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. Cheers. <laughs> um, oh, this is Snooze and Booze, and we are passed out. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>